welcome to Positively West Virginia, where each week we share positive stories about successful West Virginia businesses making a difference in our great state. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by the State Journal, WV News, and Interaction Media. Now, let's get down to business with your host, Jim Matuga. Coming to you live from the Interaction Media Studio in Morgantown, welcome to Positively West Virginia. I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Each week, we talk with West Virginia business leaders and share their success stories with people just like you in West Virginia and across the country. For those of you joining us live on Facebook, welcome and thanks for being with us. And for all of you listening on the podcast, we're glad you're tuning in also on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. When we first started this project back in 2017, one of the things we wanted to do was to encourage our listeners with inspirational business and leadership stories from right here in the Mountain State. I get to see so many positive things happening in West Virginia business every day that, quite frankly, a lot of people never get to hear about. My team at Interaction Media is working to change that with this show so that people realize you don't have to leave West Virginia to find great opportunities. They're right here in our state. We want to encourage people to stay here and build great organizations right here in West Virginia. All of our guests are people who are really getting that done day in and day out. And I'm convinced we can all learn from their experiences and their stories. This week, we're going to visit with Terry Giles. She's the executive director of Appalachian Beekeeping Collective. They're headquarters in Lewisburg, West Virginia, but she's coming to us from Hinton, West Virginia. Terry, thanks for being on the show today. Well, Jim, thanks for having me. I'm very excited to talk to you. I'm excited to have you on the podcast to share your story this week also. And I just want to uh, encourage our listeners, wherever you're at today, uh, obviously today is December 16th, wherever you're at in West Virginia, it's probably cold and snowy. So be safe and grab a cup of coffee and settle in and let's uh, for the next half hour or so, we're going to have a great conversation with Terry. If you don't know, Appalachian Beekeeping Collective is all about sustainable beekeeping. Their nonprofit organization trains, supports, and provides bees and equipment at no cost to partner beekeepers in economically distressed Appalachian communities. They help their partners produce natural honey and, of course, income in the greenest way possible. Their bees gather pollen and nectar from nearby forests and fields, not agricultural crops sprayed with pesticides. Appalachian Beekeeping Collective partners practice natural beekeeping using no synthetic chemicals or antibiotics. Terry's career is very interesting. She began her public service and nonprofit uh, in southern in, in nonprofit experience in southern West Virginia, and grew to include locations in Taiwan, Japan, California, and Washington D.C. Terry worked for U.S. Senator John D. Rockefeller as economic. Uh, director development, uh, director of economic development for 13 years, and she was the lead on the Toyota plant pr- uh, project, uh, one of the largest economic development projects in the history of West Virginia. So that's very interesting as well. She has a bachelor's of science uh, in social work from Concord University and a master's in communication management from the University of Southern California. I invited Terry on the show today to talk about Appalachian Beekeeping Collective to share her story and to give our audience some valuable insight into the organization she leads in West Virginia. Terry, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that brief intro and give us a little behind the curtain look into your organization. Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, Appalachian Beekeeping Collective actually sprung out of an idea from Appalachian Headwaters, which is kind of the over uh, uh, over organization. We do several things in it. 
Um, it was the uh, brainchild of our executive director, Joe Lovitz. And um, I joined the team about four years ago as vice president of government relations, community relations. Um, we're not much on titles around our organization. <laughs> we just all wear uh, a multitude of hats. But what, what it sprang from was this idea of how we um, really restore the environment of West Virginia and central Appalachia. Hmm. You know, um, we've had a lot of damage done to um, our mountains and streams and um even when there was reclamation work done in West Virginia, it was done with invasive species rather than uh, native plants. So the idea of creating this nonprofit came about because of that, to do reclamation. Well, as part of that, um, it became very clear that we didn't have enough stock of native plants to uh, hmm. restore everything that needed to be done. Um, and then it, it naturally um, delved into pollinators for those native plants, which took us to Appalachian Beekeeping Collective. So currently we have three tracks that we work on. Reclamation work, we're doing one of the largest, if not the largest, reclamation project down in Smithers um, of a 4,500-acre site um, called Mammoth. Um, up in Candleton Holler, um, uh, Bull Push in Candleton Holler, I should be more specific. Hmm. Um, that is the site, actually, where my grandfather and great-grandfather both mined coal back hmm. in the day. No kidding. Yeah, so... so it's kind uh, of a full circle situation. It really is. And uh, my mother w joined us to go up and and look at that site, and we're reclaiming it properly with native plants. It'll take a few years, and then we're turning it over to the West Virginia Land Trust so that future generations can enjoy that beautiful piece of property. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, so Terry, take, talk a little bit about uh, the Appalachian beekeeping and your 30-second pitch. In other words, what is it? that you tell people that you do in 30 seconds, like sum all that up in, in, in terms of the beekeeping collective. Well, the beekeeping collective one uh, teaches anyone who's interested and follows our um, protocol, how to raise bees. And our protocol does not use pesticides or antibiotics mm. as part of the, um, so we have six classes that people can attend in person before COVID and now can attend online to learn about beekeeping. Uh, it's taught by master beekeepers, uh, PhDs in entomology. So we run classes starting in the winter. In fact, uh, we'll start in January. Hmm. And then people decide, hey, we want to be part of this program yeah. because not only are we environmental uh, group restoration, we want to restore communities and economic development for um, people in areas that have been disadvantaged hmm. but are not places you can put a Toyota plant. Hmm. McDowell, Summers County, um, over in Raynell or, you know, in Fayetteville. So this is touching economic development at a place that is very difficult to touch hmm. in communities where people love where they live, they care about their area, um, but perhaps 
the jobs that they once held are disappearing or gone completely. This is a way to rebuild communities and stitch together not only something that's great for the environment, but it's also good for the individuals in the community. Yeah. So how is it difficult to get set up? In other words, if you're if somebody's listening to this right now and says, wow, I've always thought about beekeeping. What does it take to get set up as a beekeeper? Well, it's it's not all that difficult as part of our program because we provide you with a queen bees. We provide you with hives. We provide you with the hive tools and a smoker. And and the unique part about our program is we go out and mentor um, the people that are in our program. So we help you every step along the way. Currently, we have 105 beekeepers spread from uh, Western Virginia all, all the way down to uh, McDowell and, and really in Wyoming County in mm. West Virginia. Um, so our mentors are on the road all the time uh, going to your house and working with you to ensure that you're successful with your bees. Yeah. So what, what, what do you need to have? Do you have to have you know, a farm? Do you have to have an acre, five acres? Uh, could it be – could you have a, a development you know, and you live in a development but you have some forest behind you? Talk a little bit about that. What does it, what well, does that, it take? That's an interesting question because I think people think, oh, I must have a lot of space. Yeah. But really – um, you can't contain your bees. Sure. They fly, they fly um, probably a five-mile radius. Hmm. It's, it's helpful if you're close to woods, but we all are um, because – In West Virginia um, especially, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, it, you know, contrary to the popular opinion that uh, honey comes from flowers, which it does, right? You can mm-hmm. have clover, honey, et cetera. Sure, sure. And what makes us unique in West Virginia – and while our honey is the best in the world, is our bees go to trees and harvest nectar and pollen from like black locust blooms or tulip poplar blooms or basswood or um, sourwood, which is considered some of the best tasting in the world. Mm. We have an abundance of that here in West Virginia. And in the diversification of it, including our altitude, our water, et cetera, creates this amazing honey that is nuanced and has um, a really, you can almost compare it to wine Mm. because um, the flavor of it is so intense and different every year, um, depending upon what is blooming and what's abundant um, that year because this past year, um, we lost all the um, black locust blooms because we had a big storm That's in the right. spring. Yep. And then we were worried, well, we're not going to have a great you know, flow of honey. But all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes sourwood on with an abundance. And so the interesting part about this is people are starting to, in our program, to really look at the world around them again, Hmm. like we used to as West Virginians. You know, we were so tied to the land and to the, to the water, et cetera, to the woods. This is bringing us back to almost like muscle memory. We Hmm. remember um, what it was like, you know, when I was growing up, people had bees kind of everywhere. And then 
all of a sudden, you know, nothing. But this is part of our heritage, and it's a part of our heritage hmm. that is authentic. Good so stuff. our hunt yeah. is raw yep. and authentic. So, so from an economic development standpoint, obviously you've you've had a career in, in that prior to to uh, working with um, Appalachian Headwaters and at the Appalachian Beekeeping Collective. You know, this could be. It sounds like this could be number one a fun side uh, hobby, right? something you do in your spare time just to to enjoy it to get nature uh, uh, get in nature to work uh, on your land or whatever even if you have a small track of, of property but also uh, provide you know some amazing nutrients for your family's diet right honey who doesn't love honey and then um, you know I, I'm, almost, I'm almost hearing the the notion here that this could be a side hustle business. I, I hate to use that word when we're talking about organic uh, honey and, and things of that nature, but it, it's like a, a side hustle, right? You could actually in, supplement your income from this. Well, uh, you know, our intent is to not just be, you know, a side business mm. or um, we want people to really put enough hives um, and and command enough hives, yeah. oversee enough hives, yeah. so that they can make some really decent income from really? this. So, what do you? What, what does that look like? Do you have to have ten hives to do that? I mean, what's the? I don't know if you can even put a number to it, but give us an idea of you know ballpark. Well, to to start with, um, we're trying to build people up to at least have fifteen to twenty five hives. Wow! Now, in one yard, let's just say you know, even if you have a uh, enough space to put. 24 hives in a yard mm-hmm. that's um that is a number that we've found that is is pretty sustainable so those bees and there will be tens of thousands of them you know if you had 25 hives they'll be able to um circle the area and um get enough nectar and pollen so they're not starving or robbing other bees yeah um which is why when we choose partners we certainly make sure <clears throat> that they're a distance apart. Um, so we don't have them sitting on top of each other. It's not good for the bees and, and it's not good for you as your business. Yeah. So let's go back and look at <clears throat> one um, hive has the potential to have 40 to 60 pounds of honey in it. That's one box. Um, okay, so if you look at that, we pay... Our beekeepers, as soon as they bring those boxes in, after the honey, you know, they've collected honey in them, we pay them as they come in by weight. So if you have a 40-pound box of honey, we're paying twice the amount of commodity honey. Hmm. Right now, we're we're paying $6 a pound. <coughs> so you can do the math on that. All of a sudden, you're making... Um, some money, some significant money. Um, So we're trying to, of course, we want lots of people to be, uh, you know, um, take up beekeeping as a hobby, et cetera. But our program specifically is developed to help people um, make a career and a living out of it, either a second career or we have young beekeepers that are in it who are making good money from it, Um, older people who've retired from other um, careers, but we want them to look at it as like um, 
a dual business. If they're a school teacher, this is their, you know, this is their, their supplemental. Yeah. I I think that's awesome. That's kind of what I was referring to when I said side hustle. That's kind of the the term that we use sometimes around here. Uh, But uh, so that's, that is incredible. And, so as a nonprofit, how do, how does it work with say you ha- say I'm sitting there and I've got you know a couple of acres and I I, I want to uh, I'm really interested in you know starting a hive. I, I get in touch with Appalachian Beekeeping Collective and what do you guys provide? I, I know that you mentioned the courses and training, but what aside from that, do you, can you help me get set up and and how does that work? Sure. Um, so. Let's say right now you're like, hey, I'm really interested in this. Yeah. Starting in January, you can follow our Facebook page, Appalachian Beekeeping Collective. We post all the classes, the times and the dates, the classes on there. And because of COVID, we're running, I think, our first series of classes uh, via the web. So you can set set at home, wherever wow. you are, so cool. and just watch the class. Um the second thing is, once you agree to our protocol, which is, this is the interesting part about it. We don't allow any spraying of pesticides or use of antibiotics with our bees. Yeah. What that does is you will lose more bees that way. Mm-hmm. However, um, the honey and the wax will be pure. So we're as organic as you can get because, one, we're in an area that doesn't spray much for, you know, we're not spraying uh, agricultural crops here. Um, And two, you know, our mountains have made us an ideal spot to have uh, bees. So even if you only have like a hundred by a hundred yard, you can put some bees in it, you know, because they're not doing their work right there in your yard. They're flying off to the sources and coming back and delivering their honey. Um, So you go through the program and then um, we w- we actually come out and help you set up the yard to assure that it's um, suitable. I mean, there's certainly ways to set up your beehives that are more advantageous um, directionally, how mm. you set them up. Um, whether you're, you don't set it down here in an area that, that holds fog or water, right. damn. Yeah, yeah. Um, so once we once we do that and accept you into the program, then we provide you with bees and hives to start with, and we teach you That's how to incredible split. actually yeah yeah it's, it's a great uh, it's it's an incredible program, um, and we ha- we owe a lot of thanks to the Benedum Foundation who believed in us to begin with, mm. the Appalachian Regional Commission that um, has continued to support us. The One Foundation, uh, Patagonia Foundation, there are others that have been very um, supportive of this idea. Mm. And, I, of course, I love it because when I worked for Senator Rockefeller, we did economic development. One of the areas that we were never quite able to address was what do you do about these small towns like where I'm from, Hinton, or Welch, or you know, Bluefield, or some place place like that. Sure. What do you do about small communities that were once thriving, but now the businesses have moved away? They've lost. You know, the coal industry has declined. The railroads have declined. What do you do about those places? Hmm. Um, 
And this is just a small start of trying to um, kind of re-knit communities. Yeah, I think it's really super amazing, actually. And this is something that can benefit all of West Virginia, not just by providing economic opportunities for distressed uh, areas, but also providing great quality products, honey, and um, you know, obviously, we need bees to eat our food, and our crops grow by germination and cross pollination, right? So, bees are helpful just in the environment itself for for that well, perspective. That's a really good point. In fact, when we first started doing this, we had gone to farmers around our area mm. and said, "Hey, can we put an a- you know apiary? Can we put some bees on your property?" Yeah, yeah. And um, we'll come in and take care of them. We just were kind of like breeding them, you know, so that we could have more bees and split their hives and sure. give them to our partners. Yep. So the very first uh, people that we went to, they were so enthusiastic about it. And every single one of them said to us, well, we hadn't seen bees around here for a while. And my garden hasn't done as well or my fruit trees mm-hmm. aren't doing as well. And. Honestly, the first year, every one of them said, oh, our flowers are nicer, our gardens are nicer, That's awesome. our fruit trees are nicer. So it's interesting that we hadn't noticed that, um, you know, we had an, that issue. I know people talk about it, but the, the day-to-day on-the-ground difference that these bees make in our communities, yeah. um, not just for our personal gardens, but... Hmm. Um, you know, for trees and or fruit trees, or for, or even for your flower gardens, it's been uh, it's been tremendous. And and it's a way the way people w- were so eager to help us is a way to show that, um, like a beehive, West Virginia is this incredible complex community mm. where everybody working together for the betterment or for a good outcome is who we are as West Virginians. You know, I always tell this story to people um, because I think this is a a, kind of a good indication of what I mean by being a West Virginian. Um, During this COVID crisis, when everybody, you know, earlier in the year, we're all stuck in the house and and kind of still are sometimes. Um, I created this Facebook page about, native plants because I always like to go out and hunt for wildflowers. Yeah. And I did it to, to take my 86 year old mother out you know, so she could be outside. Well, we would go all in these nooks and crannies and down these roads and just look on the side of the road for wildflowers. Yeah. Every single time we were pulled over taking photos of wildflowers, someone would stop and say, are you guys okay? Do you need some help? <laughs> I love and, it. Yeah. That's great. You know, th- that is, that is truly a West Virginian for you, right? Absolutely. So I would always tell people that come in here, we had the National Honey Board fly in here from from Colorado. I tell them that story hmm. to, to underscore if you ever if you're ever in trouble or your car's broken down on the side of the road, you know, you better hope you're in West Virginia because <laughs> somebody's gonna help you. I love and it. that's that's who we are, you know, as as West Virginians. And, and that's important, you know, and it's also important to um, to remember when I worked with Senator Rockefeller, the thing that 
struck me the most is how much he totally thought West Virginians were better than anybody else. Mm. You know, we're used to hearing all these snod comments about West Virginia and about West Virginians. And we see these Mm. things in the press about negative stories about West Virginians. But Jay Rockefeller from a whole different world came here and embraced the value and the utility of West Virginians and would always be encouraging Hmm. to everyone, you can do anything. You know, West Virginians are better than anybody else. Absolutely. Um, That's good good stuff, Terry. It's good to remember. Yeah, absolutely. I want to take a second to mention mention our sponsors for Positively West Virginia, because that's what we're trying to do, advance leadership, business, and entrepreneurship right here in West Virginia. And they include insurance centers, the State Journal, WVNews.com and Interaction Media. The support we receive from these West Virginia companies allow us to highlight the incredible things happening throughout the great state of West Virginia. Our guest today is Terry Giles. She's the executive director of Appalachian Beekeeping Collective. They're based and headquartered in Lewisburg. She's coming to us from the frozen tundra of Hinton, West Virginia this morning. Terry, I want to jump right back into it. You know, um, What's the vision that you have for Appalachian Beekeeping Collective long term? What's that look like to you? Well, we want to keep expanding, yeah. you know, to have uh, a lot of beekeepers in it. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, there, there are a multitude of people here. And our executive director is Joe Lovett. So we took his vision of improving the environment and um, the health of the environment and the health of communities. Mm. So um, we have, as I said, this the pollinator um, education centers. We are working on our reclamation work. And with our beekeeping, you know, there is a multitude of opportunities here. Not only can we do varietals of just locust honey, sourwood, basswood, our regular forest honey. We, we're also looking into doing creamed honey mm. with um, then with additives of it, of all organic things that grow here, elderberries, pawpaws, et cetera. So we haven't even touched the other uh, products of the hive yet. You can do awesome. all kinds of yeah. things with the, with the, with, with the wax Mm. and the beautiful part about that is our wax is pure. Our honey is pure. So we're not, um, we're not full of, of bad things. If you look at the United States as a whole, 80% of the honey in this country comes from overseas and it, it makes its way from China Mm. to get, cleaned off in Vietnam, and then it comes over here. So if you see honey sitting on a shelf in a grocery store, it's not really honey. Uh, first of all, it, it doesn't crystallize because it's just sugar water, right? Yeah. And who, It tastes like honey. It looks like honey, but it's not honey. Well, it doesn't really taste like honey. <laughs> it tastes like what people think honey tastes like. Honey-ish. <laughs> honey-ish, yeah. Um, so... What we're trying, what we're doing too, is an educational component to all of our work. Yeah, educating young um, Appalachians about the great resource they have here. They're 
um, opportunity to protect that resource, their opportunity to work within that resource, and their opportunity. Look, you know, people that I lived in Los Angeles. I, you know, I enjoyed my time there. I lived in Washington. I enjoyed that a little less, but in mm. <laughs> the political world, then was getting to be nasty. Um, but in West Virginia, you can do anything because you've got this community. Mm. If you talk to them, want to support you, they want you to be successful. You're in a small town, you start a restaurant. Well, everybody in that small town is going to come to it. You know, you're in a small town and you need this. Someone within that community is going to know someone who can get that done. Mm. We need to always play on our strengths in West Virginia. The interconnectivity, the support, the um, it just just the feeling of that foundation that is West Virginia. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, totally agree with you. Terry, I, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, th- how people can get engaged with the products. Okay. First of all, how, you know, so when you're working with these uh, beekeepers that you set up, right, they're part of the uh, collective, you're actually buying honey from them. And then you become not the Appalachian beekeeping collective becomes sort of the hub of sales for all this honey that's being manufactured or get uh, collected, I should say, uh, around the Appalachian region, all the different areas where you talked about, correct? So you guys are buying the honey and then you become the, the sales entity for the product, the end product. Is that correct? That's true. Um, we have master beekeeper, Mark Lilly, yeah. who kind of hit heads up um, our team of mentors and he, um, you know, those guys work really hard and he, you know, you bring the honey to Hinton or we pick it up, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. Um, once it comes to us and we pay you and you take your supers back, you just stick them on the hive to get more honey. Um, we extract the honey and, um, in doing so we, don't heat it. We don't kill out all the good pollen and propolis in it. Mm. We extract it um, and then put it in steel barrels. And then we pour that honey and distribute it. You know, when people are buying our honey, we are, you can buy our honey and other Appalachian products at abc.org abchoney.org mm. and we just launched that site in October and it has been I, I, I hate that I'm kind of stuck down here in the frozen tundra right now <laughs> I, I want to get 15 miles down the road to um, our camp where our our um, honey distribution is because uh, people are ordering Christmas gifts yeah. and they make Wonderful Christmas gifts. Absolutely. Um, and you guys have a sale going on right now for the folks who are listening did. live or listening to this uh, before the holiday season's over. 20% off. There's a discount code. And we'll make sure that we have a, a link to that on our website for uh, abchoney.org. And, and folks can check that out because I think that would make – and you guys have all sorts of cool stuff on there. I noticed uh, when I was uh, perusing, you have uh, some JQ Dickinson salt. Uh, you know, and, and those folks have been on our show a couple of times, actually. Uh, for Positively West Virginia and our mastermind group. And uh, that's always a fun, fun group. So it looks like you guys partner with other artisans and, and things of that nature, too. That's that's pretty awesome. 
We do. We want to, um, you know, use the spotlight to shine on on all the wonderful things here in West Virginia. I mean, we've got incredible artists throughout Appalachia. Yeah. And if we can if we can boost them as well, and we also want to partner with, as you said, J.Q. Dickinson Salt, um, where we sell their packs and everybody loves them. We have this guy that makes honey spoons. His name um, is escaping me right now. They call him Eddie, Eddie Fletcher. Yeah. Uh, yep. They call him the spoon man. Yeah. I'm telling you, people from all over the country have ordered that. People awesome. from all over the country have ordered honey and Blinko glass um, mm. sun catchers shaped like bees. So, so cool. yeah. we're always looking for um, people to, to spotlight ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Terry, how do you get the word out? How do you how do you attract new customers? And, you know, obviously you said you launched this, uh, the new site, abchoney.org um, in October. How are you getting, getting the word out there? Well, we do things like the, this podcast, so thank you for having us. But we also, yeah. we also do um, face, you know, social media um, buys and networking. We do interviews across the country. As, as I said, if you watch, look on our site, you'll see a beautiful um, film that the um, National Honey Board did on us. They flew in here with an entire crew and filmed this in our environment, <laughs> so to speak. And, um, and, and really when people start looking at that, mm. they see the beauty of West Virginia and, yeah. and the industrialness of, of, of the people, you know, busy in the industry and loving what they do. Yeah. Um, we had some great, uh, people that work for us on that video. Um, Mark Lilly is on that, mm. as well as James Cipher, who used to be a coal miner and um, now has bees, and his son Tani. Um, so it's it's an exciting opportunity to know, you know, neighbors. So I think people across the country like that. Yeah, absolutely. And, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's a good point. And and so Terry, you know, thinking thinking about somebody who might be listening to this uh, this podcast right now, what's one piece of advice you would give to somebody saying, "Hey, that sounds awesome. I would love to get into beekeeping." What's one piece of advice you would give to them? Oh, watch, get on ABC, uh, Appalachian, no Appalachian Beekeeping Collective, yes. Facebook page. Oh, okay, and, great. And join some of the the classes, or yeah. you know, you can find that from ABC Honey. Appalachian Headwaters, all of these together, um, you know, we, the name Appalachian Headwaters is, was very deliberate. You mm. know, the Headwaters is the beginning. So mm. a new beginning for Appalachia is the way we look at this. How can we, um, you know, take pride in, in the things that are unique to us and not let others, you know, co-op our heritage uh, and make money off of it. I, I noticed that when I lived in Los Angeles, um, they had what I called hillbilly chic, right? Hmm. Everybody wanted to make a, a cupcakes out of red velvet, or they wanted to have a river club, you know, bar that had mason jars, and they sold it for a lot of money. Um, hmm. But we are the authentic farm to table. That's yes. us. Exactly. That's the way we live. Exactly. And and they're. We should, everybody in the state, take pride in our, you know, 
fortitude, really, and our ingenuity. That's the thing people fail to recognize Mm. about West Virginians. Look, we had guys working for us that worked in the coal mine. We never had to do anything. They they could fix Mm. the truck. They could build the hives. They could do everything. Those guys um, are so talented, just so competent. Um, Mm. Now, when I was living in California, you'd have to call an expert, right? <laughs> but when I'm working, when I'm here in West Virginia, I yell out the door and say, hey, Richard, hey, hey Richard, can you fix this? Uh, that's and by, great. by heavens, they can fix anything. Uh, that's great. It reminds um, me of the uh, the Hank Williams Jr. song, Country Boy Can't Survive. <laughs> exactly. And and that is something oh, that that's good. is I love. And, and I'll say this too. When I was in Los Angeles, the very first day I drove into Los Angeles, I had uh, I drove my car. And when I got my first car, when I was a teenager, you know, 18, my father got me a customized plate. It had my initials on it. And it says, Wild, Wonderful West Virginia, you know, just like all the old license plates. Yeah. And had my initials on it. So I drove into Los Angeles, my little Volvo, um, with that plate on it. And this car, very first day, just driving in there, this car pulls up behind me, starts blowing its horn, blowing its horn. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm, you know, I'm going to be caught up in a road rage incident, right? I didn't know anything about Los Angeles. Here I am, you know, hitting, hitting honey out there in Los Angeles. And the woman drives up beside me, and the woman's hanging out the window, and there's another woman driving. And she's like, I'm from West Virginia, too. <laughs> Nobody great. would do that from any other place but yeah, West Virginia. And it, it happened time and time again. That's cool. If I had a West Virginia bag or a West Virginia hat or a T-shirt, or I'd go down to ESPN Sports Center to watch the West Virginia game, pretty soon everybody's cheering from West Virginia for West Virginia because there's West Virginians in there. Absolutely. You know, um, That's great. It, it, that's, that's the thing. You can never take the West Virginian out of a out of West Virginia. And and that helps us too. Because let me tell you, there are so many successful West Virginians across the country and the world that are always willing to be supportive of what happens because they care so much about where they came from. I love it. Terry, we've covered a lot in this interview. Is there anything else that you think our listeners should know about Appalachian Beekeeping Collective or your story? Well, I think we, maybe your listeners should know this. We are determined to be the best and biggest honey in the world. And we're determined to do that with West Virginians Mm. getting the benefit of our honey. We're a nonprofit. So the, the more things that we accomplish, the more it goes back into the communities and to the people of West Virginia, not only through planting trees and reforestation, it also helps um, families survive yeah. or thrive. Yeah. I it's love more it. about thriving rather than surviving here. We, yes. we always survive, but West Virginians always going to survive. Yeah. But man, West Virginians, we, I want us to thrive. Absolutely. 
Terry, um, we've already mentioned abchoney.org, but there's also the uh, Appalachian Headwaters, which is appheadwaters.org. We'll make sure we have links to all those in the um, show notes section. Uh, Is there a way for folks to contact you uh, on those websites? Yes, there are. There are ways to contact us on there. And um, we, even though we're kind of spread out, um, you know, we always work from, um, from different spots and our guys are out in the field, but all you have to do is just even put a note on our, on either one of our Facebook sites or on our Facebook site and we'll get back in touch with you. Yeah. I think that's awesome. And I think now, especially, uh, it's been a, a rough year for a lot of folks. A lot of uh, people have been displaced from their, from their, their jobs. Uh, this could be an, a, an amazing opportunity, uh, for folks. And I'm going to encourage everybody to, uh, check out Appalachian beekeeping collective, uh, and, and I just want to say, Terry, I think it's uh, it's been an honor for me, first of all, to have you on the show today. I think what you're doing is really awesome. It's amazing. And I just want to encourage you to keep up the great work. Well, thank you, Jim. We, uh, You guys, too. This is important to, to shine that spotlight on positive West Virginia things. We have so many. I had the privilege when I worked for Rockefeller to meet so many people who were doing such amazing work. Um, you had self had mentioned to me earlier about um, the, the furniture manufacturer over in the Eastern Panhandle. Yeah. Well, Gat um, Creek. Yeah. Yeah. Gat Creek. Well, Gat Creek made our chairs at our camp. Oh, so, you're kidding. That's you awesome. Know, um, <laughs> so we are, we're proud to always highlight um, West Virginians yeah. and to also utilize their products because it, look, there's nothing better than that. I mean, I've had people from all over the country ooh and awe about those chairs mm. and, um, as they should, because they're beautiful. You yeah. know, they're the way that, that our families have taught us, um, to make things. Excellent. Excellent. I love it. And those are great words to end on. Folks, that's a wrap on another episode of Positively West Virginia. Positively West Virginia is brought to you by Insurance Centers, The State Journal, WVNews.com, and Interaction Media as we continue on our journey to help share positive stories of companies, organizations, and people doing amazing things all across the mountain state, just like Terry Giles executive director of Appalachian Beekeeping Collective, located headquartered in Lewisburg, West Virginia. She was coming to us today from Hinton, West Virginia. Our hope is that we, in some way, equipped you and inspired you with their business story. If you or someone you know would be a great guest on the show, drop us a line on our website at positivelywv.com. And we appreciate your comments and encouragement and even those uh, iTunes uh, and uh Apple uh, podcast reviews. I love that. Uh, And of course, we encourage you to share these stories on your social media channels as well. Be sure to check out our weekly show, which is called Small Business Masterminds every Friday from 11 to noon, where we bring a panel of experts from around the state each week to help small business leaders win. Positively West Virginia is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Learn more about our mission of advancing small businesses nonprofits and entrepreneurship in West Virginia at PositivelyWV.com. On behalf of our entire Positively West Virginia team, until next time, I'm your host, Jim Matuga. Stay positive, West Virginia. 